This episode is brought to you by Trunkline. Trunkline is the Angie's List with an oil-filled twist. Join Trunkline today. Impact Exploration Services made this possible for PBE Podcast. Get your mud logging, geosteering, and lab results that will make a positive impact on your bottom line. Bell Geospace supported PBE, made it possible to do our first show from Wichita Falls. And if you need gravity data that can see the deep-seated faults around your AOI, you need to call Bell Geospace today. Icon Science, the subsurface geoscience software that needs no introduction. Petrophysics Geophysics, tied to the rock data for you to visualize the best parts of your reservoir. And last but certainly not least, TGS. TGS is one of the largest data providing companies in the world, especially in the oil and gas world. Stay tuned with the development of their Well Data Analytics web-based platform. I personally use this platform to help me find projects and talk with investors about what we are looking at. Listen out for those shows with Asal and Andrew Stearns. Andrew Stearns talks about the DST database they have. Absolutely lights out. Check out this show we did at the Southwest Section AAPG in Wichita Falls with Dr. Molly Turco, the creator of the Andy Cube. Squishy, hard pack, whatever you want. Order your Andy Cubes today from Dr. Molly Turco and make sure you understand your stress directions on Outcrab next time you're there. Three, Three two, two, one. one. Let's go! go! I'm the host of the PBE podcast, Troy Tittlemar, and I finally got to meet Miss Dr. Molly Turco live and in person. And it feels good. It feels good to be live and in person. You know, doing things remotely was a second best, I guess you'd call it. It was an option. Yeah. It was yeah. an option. Better than a phone call. Would you call it better than a phone call? Yeah. If people have the video turned on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're dressed and oh, you know, they're man. showing their face. And... Golly, the accidental videos <laughs> and all the stuff that came out of COVID uh, from all those years. Oh, my goodness. People are uh, entertaining. Very true. Very true. <laughs> we yeah. are we're at the Southwest Section AAPG event, the annual convention here at Wichita Falls, North Texas Geologic Society. One hundred years of geologizing. Just yes. people getting together, yes. fighting about the rocks. How what kind of technologies can we invest in? How can we get better? What's going on? Where's that big fault coming from? You know, all these things that they were trying to discover back in the day. Yes. They stayed at it. These geologists got together and they realized, man, you know what? The community is much better. We're all much better if we can get together, have events where we can collaborate, share information. Yes. Right? Um, what, what are big takeaways when you come to these events? First, introduce yourself. Give me a little elevator pitch and then let's get into this. All right. Um, I am Molly Turco. I'm a structural geologist. Uh, if, if you're on LinkedIn and you do anything structural geology, you've probably seen these fun little Andy cubes. That's right. Uh, I, I, put, I put my name on these, Turco Tectonics and Structural Geology. That's kind of my, my, my brand that I came up with. Um, but I, I taught the field trip, actually. For the southwest this, section, you were oh you were the yeah ah, you so were the we went leader. to the Arbuckles on Saturday. Right on. So that that was fun. How was it? Yeah, how many people showed up for that? How how did it all go? It was great. It was thirty people, including myself. Nice. We went to I think five different places. We saw like overturned and fractured Woodford Shale. We saw the controversial, famous Washita Valley Fall. It's a big left lateral strike slip fall. Really? We went to the Hunt and Anticline, which is like classic geology, southern Oklahoma. There's fracture corridors. There's like a nice, cute little thrust fault over there. 
Man. It's good. So the left lateral fault, talk to me about that. What'd you say? It was controversial? Yes. So if you've, if you've been around Southern Oklahoma long enough, you've probably seen an argument or a few about the structural style of Southern Oklahoma. So there's, there's the thrust faulting, pure reverse faulting camp, and then there's the pure strike slip camp. And then there's the people who are in between. Um, so I've been around long enough, surprisingly, that I've seen some of these debates. So whenever I was in graduate school and then moved on to eventually get my PhD, I really wanted to figure out the structural style. Why is there debate? the debate? Um, so my punchline is you get a rotation in stresses. Okay. There's a failed Precambrian rift that sets up your basement blocks. Then you have the Pennsylvania neurogeny and you get a slight rotation in your stresses. And because oh, of that, wow. certain faults behave differently. So that's why you do see thrust faulting. You do see strike slip faulting. Both people are right. Um, but you yeah. got to, you got to think about both of them through yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. People have to remember like, what are my preexisting weaknesses? Um, you, and then you got to think about your Andersonian fault model. Like if I have a stress field, what are my expectations for the faulting yeah. and the fracturing? Yeah. So walk me through that real quick. You said it was left lateral pre-Cambrian? Yes. So in, so in the pre-Cambrian through Cambrian, there's a failed rift that set up like an old paleo fault trend. Then during the Pennsylvanian, you had a northeast directed stress on that east-west fault system. So that then allowed for that fault to become reactivated with a sense, a left lateral sense of slip. This is too simplified to explain. Ah, so I got a left lateral going here across this line, right? The blue's going left, but then, and that's going east-west. And then you said a northeast comes in and starts compressing it to the northeast. Yeah. So you see this little sigma one symbol? Yeah. So point your sigma one to the northeast and then take a look at the orientation of your left lateral fault. Okay. That would be like the red line in my block. Okay. So when you have a northeast directed stress, anything at this orientation right here Uh is going to be at an optimal orientation for left lateral slip, which would be east, west in southern Oklahoma. Anything in this blue orientation would be at an optimal orientation for right lateral strike slip, which would be we would, would it would be more or less our north-south fault systems in southern Oklahoma. Huh. And is that what you see in the outcrops? Do you see yeah. a lot of these? Oh. Yeah, yeah. At the Hunt and Anycline, we went and saw some horizontal slicken lines, and they indicated right lateral strike slip. So then when we took our little Brunton compasses and we figured out what's the orientation of those, they were more or less north-south. So they fit our little tectonic model. Nice. Hey, the rocks don't lie. No, they don't. They're there. That's true. Wow, right on. And then so when when you see through geologic time some major converging vectors changing like that, Obviously, you're looking at an outcrop that doesn't have any fluid or it's not vaporizing anymore. But back in the day when it was cracking, there were a lot of migration. There was a lot of fractionation. I mean, this is kind of like that fluid pathway of migration being built, right? The plumbing system, essentially, of of the basin and of the area. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, fault timing is crucial to your petroleum system because there's a pretty good rule of thumb that if a fault is active, especially like a strike slip fault, 
it tends to be very leaky. Whoa. Uh, strike slips tend to yeah. be very leaky. Strike slips tend to be very leaky. Son of a gun. Yeah. And strike slips are really hard to map. In outcrop, it's okay. But when you're in the subsurface and you're just looking at like seismic data, well yeah. logs, those strike slips can be very challenging, very steeply oriented, right? Yes. Like in the Permian, I'm sure. The, uh, so I, there are a few things to look at. Um, if you have 3D seismic, mm -hmm. look for the little Rydell shears. So the Rydell shears, so you have a master fault. Let's just say it's a left lateral fault. Okay. Your Rydell shears are going to be at a low angle to that, and they're also going to have a left lateral slip. They're going to be close to parallel to S1. And okay. because of that, they tend to have a normal sense of slip. So that normal sense of slip, you tend to get a small amount of, of offset. You can pick that up in 3D seismic data. Yeah, if it's, if it's more than like 100 feet, right? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so Rydell shears are very common in 3D seismic data. I see them all over the place in the Anadarko Basin. Really? Uh, yeah. And yeah. what does it look like in seismic when you see those? Are, are they breaks or are they bends in the reflectors? They look, they're pretty an echelon. So they're just kind of like... Bam, 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 bam. Sometimes, they're liniments. Yeah, yeah. Oh, little, they're, they're, they're small, short. So you can usually see a more through-going fault. And then you can see these little, like, initialon shears coming off of that. No kidding. Yeah. And they're in that direct... They're in the predicted direction because you know your main slip. Yes, and, yes. And then these liniments are all lining up and you're like, that's not noise. That's the rocks. Yes, yeah, yeah. And if you wow. can get to a tail end of a fault, you'll get these little horsetail splays. Those are also really common to see in 3D seismic data. Man. And there's all kind of kinematic things. Yeah, yeah. right on. And, and again, mapping those pathways of migration for yes. the reservoirs and traps and yeah, yeah. all of those different things. Really cool. Well, thanks for doctoring us up. Well, let's just run through the, the block. Okay. Block 101, Andy Cube 101 by Dr. Marley, Molly Turco, Turco Tectonics and Structural Geology. Where do you want to begin? Um... Okay, so let's talk about where I got the idea for these. Okay. It's not an original idea. There's a guy back in the in 1951. I think he was a Scottish geologist. His name was his last name was Anderson. Okay. So he's the one that came up with like the Andersonian fault theory. So whenever I teach a course, whether it's in a classroom or in the field, I'm always drawing this. I'm drawing <laughs> this in 3D. <laughs> And You're then, tired of this. Yeah, yeah. So I'm drawing this in 3D. And I was doing a field trip last summer. Before the field trip, I was thinking, I wish I just had like a cube to hold. So I, I bought these little styrofoam cubes off of Amazon and got an X-Acto knife. Just started putting it to work. And started cutting it. Wow. Yeah. So I cut it up with an X-Acto knife, got a Sharpie and drew on it. And I took it to the field to do this field trip. And it was just enlightening. Everybody wanted one. Right. And everyone told me, you need to make these. You need to sell these. So I, I brainstormed a few ideas on how to do this, um, like whether I would get them made in bulk. So I, so what happened is I found a guy who can do 3D printing. Nice. I drew this for him. I showed him my model. He designed it and, and gets it printed with a 3D printer. Um, and then I, I paint this and put the lines on it. So it's oh a little bit gosh. of work for me. Yeah. So I just started... I ordered 30 of them. I okay. was thinking maybe if I'm lucky, I'll sell 30. Those 30 sold out within like a week. Yeah. I, it, 
It was hard. I've sold close to 500 of these. No kidding. Yeah, and it hasn't even been a year since That's I had my little like awesome. styrofoam thing. It's like Shark Tank right now. Yeah, yeah. But they are a lot of work. Yeah. And so initially I wasn't going to get the squishy kind because the minimum I had to order was 2,000. Of these. Like, no Holy way I'm going to sell two. I'm, like, I'm not even going to order 30 of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right? Um, but these became so popular and they are they are a bit of work for me. So I decided to make the investment and get the squishy kind. So when when you squeeze the squishy kind, those wrinkles, do those wrinkles line up in any <laughs> particular or like, is that a thing or not a thing? Is that not geologic? I think it's a little bit geologic, <laughs> depending on how you squeeze it. <laughs> right on. OK, very cool. So how do you just basically read these when you're at, when you are in outcrop? You're you you line up the red lines with what the blue lines are what the green lines are what yeah yeah so there's two types of fractures on here there are the shear fractures which are those lines that make an x they're the red and blue lines okay those are the shear fractures so the way those are slipping is kind of like a fault it's shearing okay and that would typically be like a mode two type of fracturing um yours are green but on mine they're orange those would be the mode one fractures so those mm, pop open. That's tension. Yes, yes. So those pop open. Now, the way that those fractures form, the orientation of those is related to the stresses acting on them. Okay. So there's three stresses on here. There's sigma one, sigma two, and sigma three. And that's related to the magnitudes. So sigma one has the greatest stress magnitude. Yep. Sigma two is intermediate and sigma three is minimum. Okay. So if you think about this as being unfaulted and then you apply those stresses. Yeah. S1 in this case is vertical. Okay. And S3 is on the sides. So it's popping out. Yeah, because S3 is the smallest. It's right. the easiest to overcome. So it's always, that's always the opening direction. Okay. So that's like the opening mode of the fractures. If it's shearing, that's the opening mode of the shearing. Wow. And cool. then, so like the orientation of the faults and the mode one, those are parallel to S2. So those are parallel to S2 and then perpendicular to S3, the opening wow. direction. Son of a gun. And if you hold it like this, it's a normal fault. Okay. If you hold it like that, it's a reverse fault. But the relationship oh, between that. the faulting and the stresses are the same. Still, okay. And if you hold it like that, it's a strike slip faulting regime. Right on. So right you lateral. really need three of these to, to set up your three basic stress regimes. You need three cubes. Yes. Well, yes. that's a good sell. Do yeah. you sell them in threes? No, not usually. That, that could be the package. <laughs> the Turco I need to package. package that up for sure. The PBE package will be, you have yes. to get all three of them at the same time. Yes. Give you a little discount with it nice. too. Nice. And uh, the Stylite, is that what that is across yeah, the front? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the, I, I forget about that, but that would be like your mode four closing fracture. So Stylites are super, super common in like carbonates where you get right. the pressure dissolution because you're squeezing that. And if you think about your S1, it's always going to be perpendicular to this one. Yeah, really? yeah. So a lot of times they're related to like burial and compaction. But if you're in a strong like tectonic regime, you can get them. Yeah, wow, yeah. right on. Tectonic stylites. Those are always fun. Son of a gun, Molly Turco, doctoring us up. Oh man, right it's good on. stuff. Structural geology is fun. Hey, it, you can make it fun. Yeah. It's not always the you know the most fun to get through in school. That's true but you can make it fun. That's and true. everyone that I've talked to 
would say, wish I had this in structural geology. I sell a lot to students. I do. <laughs> Hopefully they're it's, helpful. Well, universities need to be buying them in bulk. I you know? know. Yeah. I need to take those and go start selling them to universities. Yes. There's a few universities here, actually. I should probably Midwestern. Go. I just talked to the chair. Chair yeah. of the department was on the podcast. Um, that'd be a perfect place to go. Every student needs three of these. He's like, okay, how much? Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Sign them up. Yes. Uh, what are you doing now, Molly Turco? So my day job, I'm full-time with Devon Energy. Nice. I was a contractor for a while and transitioned to an employee. So I've been there two years this month. Oh, right yeah, on. Yeah, they've been, they've been really good to me, good people. And then aside from that, I still do teaching with applied stratigraphics. Oh, cool. So I have a five-day structural geology field course. It's in late October. Uh, nice. We stay in Las Vegas the whole time. We go what? not Las Vegas, New Mexico, right? You're talking no, about the Las no Vegas. Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> yes, if you want to go party every night, you're welcome to. Just as be ready for the as next As long day. as they wake up for the yes. yeah yeah yeah. It's a great trip. There's lots of hiking, um, and then occasionally I'll do like one or two day field trips. Like I did the one day field trip for the Southwest section just now. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right on. And so when you go to when you go to work at Devon. What's kind of typically your day? Like, how does it go for, for like young geoscientists that, you know, want to have a, a better understanding? What does a structural yeah. geologist do when, he, when you go to work? So currently I'm in the subsurface technology group and I assist a lot of our business units or our, right our alternative energy ventures. Really? So we have a lot of big plays in the Delaware. The Delaware is a lot of fun because it's pretty structurally complex oh, in the basement. Man. I have a regional Delaware and Central Basin uplift structure map at the Woodford level. No if way. If I'm lucky, maybe one day I'll publish it. No way. Uh, there's, Gosh, there's, that must be cool. Yeah, that's that's fun because they have a lot of great data in the Delaware as well. Um, and the Woodford is such an easy pick yes. for yeah. the seismic. Yeah. So you probably have great isopacks great. with it. It's great. Wow. Done a lot of work in the midcon there as well. We have a lot of faulting in our stack play. They also have assets in the powder, which is fun because you get into like polygonal faults in the Nibrera. Whoa. And then the Eagleford, we have um, some assets as well. Eagleford kind of right Austin on. shot. So I bounce around quite a bit. Sometimes my projects are longer. They might take me six months or so, and they're very hands-on where maybe I'm in like... I'm kind of in control of the project, uh -huh. but a lot of times I'm assisting uh, maybe someone in the BU with, with anything they need help with related to structural geology. BU is business? Business unit. Unit, yeah, got it. Yeah, and we, we drill a lot of core, so I look at the fractures of the oh, core, relate man. that to like Oriented core, obviously, and... right? Oriented cores. So most of it's vertical, but we did do a project with the DOE and we took a vertical core in the Eagleford which was incredible because you see the hydraulic fractures, there's proppet embedment in there. Um, Julia Gale with the BEG actually did their original interpretation on it. So I got to be with her for a day and Whoa. that was a lot of fun, but Whoa. we still have the core in house. So nice. I go down there and look at it. There's some- What, what softwares do you use every, um, like commonly? Kingdom is okay. pretty common for seismic data. They use that for ge geology as well. I love geographics, um, yeah, but we, so don't, do I. we don't have that. Uh, I use Arc Pro a Arc lot. Arc Pro, I haven't yeah. heard of that. Yeah, it's ArcGIS, okay. but it's their like latest and greatest version. Ah. Uh, we use EasyCore, 
Okay. And what else? Petrel. I, I use the fault modeling tool in Petrel. Nice. I don't use it for seismic interpretation, but I use it for their fault like, modeling? button pushing. Okay. Yeah. What about Icon Science? Have you heard of them? I've heard of it, but yeah. I, I, I don't use it. I'd love you to know more, You haven't seen though. the software that they've developed? No. Yeah, they, it's pretty cool. It's like My understanding, at least from the friends that I have over there, do a lot of mapping and correlation between like seismic inversion, petrophysical models tied to TOC data. Oh, nice. And they're trying to see that the seismic reflectors and amplitude changes and all the things in seismic data is actually picking up higher TOC sections versus lower TOC sections in the unconventionals. Nice. In the seismic, yeah. Which is, I think, very fascinating. Yeah, to, especially in the seismic data. That is really cool. To map that out. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, who do you guys use for your labs? Are you familiar with your your environment, like your uh, rock, rock eval or XRF, yeah, XRD, yeah. diamondoids? Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, I'm probably not the best person to ask because I knew I know we use several labs and our petrophysicists and our geochem guys are really in tune with them. Nice. We use Stratigraph. Geomark, I bet, is a big Geomark, one. Geomark, yes. Impact Premier. Exploration, maybe one day. Yes, if Impact. You don't, Impact's a good one. You got them. Yes. Nice. Uh, How about Gravity from Bell yeah. Geospace? Yes, I gravity like your gravity. Gravity data is I, awesome. I saw right? your interview with Alan. Yeah. With Alan, right? Yeah, Yeah, great. hell yeah. He, they did... Um, FTG survey? Full tensor gravi yes. gravitometer. Yeah, yeah. Full tensor gravitometer. Full tensor gravity, yeah. Gra full tensor I remember gravity. FTG. That's the they did yeah. a huge survey for us in the Rome trough at, when I was at Chesapeake, and it was just incredible to see oh, the data. Gosh, that's oh, got to no, be awesome. I know. But yeah, GravMag data. Awesome. Shoot. Yeah, I love looking at GravMag, doing the big the big picture stuff, right? The yes. big structural stuff. Yeah. That's That's really, really cool. How about TGS? You use TGS data? We do use a lot of that. Oh, right yeah, I, I think a lot of our well logs are from TGS. Yep. Um, and I know we license some of their seismic data, especially in the MidCon. They, nice. they have a nice survey. They got a big position there. Yeah, they've, they've got a survey that has some great like intra-basement reflectors that I believe are from like the mid mid-continent rift like 1.4 billion years ago what? Yeah, you're yeah. seeing the reflectors on that yeah, stuff yeah yeah hell yes oh, i wish i could i wish i had a computer show them off show but. them off well you get to write <laughs> papers hopefully you get to yeah, yeah keep doing what you're doing i'm a huge fan of dr molly turco thank you i'm rooting for you let's i'm gonna run through i like to stay positive always right gotta stay positive no matter yes. what happens encouraging quotes and messages right yes um you tell me when to stop and let's see if it uh, if it rings home for you. Okay. Okay. Stop. Bang. Okay. Here we go. Oh, I haven't seen one of these. It's almost like a handwritten thing. Oh, nice. Failure provides you with a great opportunity to decide how much you really want something. I'm sorry. Let me try that one over. Failure provides you with a great opportunity to decide how much you really want something. Will give? Will you give up? How much you really want something, will you give up? Or will you dig deeper, commit more, work harder, learn, and get better? If you know that this is what you really want, you will be willing to pay the price that success requires. You will be willing to fail again and again in order to succeed. Is that true? Does that ring yeah, true? Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm totally driven by 
fear of failure, fear of disappointment. Wow. Uh, yeah. You're fear driven. You recycle I, uh, fear I into am. motivation. I am. I don't know if that's a good thing or, or a well, bad thing. Well, as long thing. as you re recycling into motivation, as yeah. long as that yeah. fear doesn't keep, keep you down, right? That's true. No, no. You got to fight it. You you got to prove people wrong that doubt you. Jeez. Uh, if you doubt me, I will prove you wrong 10 times over. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I got a friend that's just like that. He's like, I need you to tell me I can't do this right now. Yes. No. Yeah. No. We had a tree in our front yard. My husband said, you can't, you can't take that out. I took it out. You I unbuckled took it out. that tree. I did. I did. Holy cow. Yeah, chopped it out with an ax and I had a Jeep Wrangler at the time and got chains and ripped, ripped it, out. it out. Yeah. Yeah. No, Golly. No. It's like, if, okay, doubt me. Go ahead. <laughs> Let me prove you wrong. I love it. Okay. Last, <laughs> last one. Every crisis offers an opportunity to grow stronger and wiser to reach deep within and discover a better you who will create a better outcome. That's true. That's true. You I like think going, going through hard things makes people relatable. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like that human, you know, that human thing yeah. gets you to appreciate the human level of what we do. That's true. That's There's true. like, you can't get through life unscathed. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're just not a person that has, and That's you true. just, if you know that, I think if you're educated enough by your parents and mentors to know that at a young age, that your baseline is within a, a real good reality and that you're going to have trials and tribulations and there's going to be things that happen yeah. and it feels terrible, but just keep going, stack those failures into steps towards success and all yes. that. Like, yeah, isn't that awesome? It really is. It really is. Yeah, you, you, you got to keep going no matter what you're doing if you fail. I used to have this motto that kind of got me through college. It was like, time goes by no matter what, you might as well do something with it. Man. Because it's like, yeah, I'd like to take a semester off or procrastinate this, but it's like, it's going to get here, you know? So if you are going through something hard, I just have to remind myself, time's going to go by no matter what. And when, like they say time heals all things and might not heal it, but yeah. you're at least going to be at a better place eventually. Time's going to go by no matter what. You'll get there. Might as well enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Right on. <laughs> right on, Molly Turco. Well, thanks for joining the podcast. I'm glad we got to meet. Me too. Me too. Thank you for the Andy Cubes. Thank you you're for everything welcome. you do. Thank you for being a ninja on LinkedIn. Always putting out that great stuff. I great try. pictures and interpretations and explanations. Showing your kids off on Outcrop. Yes. I mean, you can't help but a smile when you see a Molly Turco post. I know, I it's know. like, oh, here she is. What is it now? <laughs> what is it now? I know. I do my best. I right try. Well, I you're try. doing a great job. Thank you Thank for being you. a voice in the industry. Thank it's you. It's cool. Thank you. Right on. Thank you. You're welcome.